0: Welcome to A Love for the Bible, Series 3, Session 17. This is Dave Clark. During Series 3, Session 16, I read the introduction to my most recent book, A Heart for the Bible, with the subtitle, Read the Bible Because You Really Want To. This includes the reality of Bible reading today and why I consider this important. Today, I'll be sharing the first part of Chapter 1 of this book, titled, My Bible Reading, Story, and Experience. Chapter 1, My Bible Reading, Story, and Experience. Let's look first at what I have learned in reading the Bible, my Bible reading story. I was born in the city of Orange, California, and lived most of my life in Orange County. I have two sisters, one older and the other younger than I am remember being, for the most part, quite close to my older sister, who was just a year and a half older than I was. On the other hand, we tended to compete with each other. She did better than I did in school, except in math, where I was better. My dad was a veterinarian, and while he began working at a small animal practice in Hollywood, he eventually was the veterinary director at a large chicken hatchery in Anaheim. My mother was originally a stay-at-home mom, but when she was about 40 years old, she went back to school to become a public elementary school teacher. My spiritual training was rather mixed. I think largely because my parents had different Bible backgrounds growing up. My father had a stronger Bible background, his father being a medical missionary in Turkey. And I finally remember stories my father told me of the experience he had in Turkey while he was a child. My dad would like to read to our family from the Bible, with, which was encouraged to me, encouragement to me to read the Bible on my own. The most memorable lesson for me was that of the prodigal son and how much the father loved his son. I think this particular meant a lot because it was coming from my own father. On the other hand, my mother did not have a Christian background in growing up and was taught to question the Bible. While I went to church with both of my parents, I felt that it was my father who had more of his heart in it. I can remember my mom teaching Sunday school, but later resigning because she had a hard time attesting to what she was asked to to teach. However, I felt in her last days, she renewed her interest in Bible study and regained her faith. I remember visiting her in the rest home she was staying in and learning she regularly attended the Bible studies that were given there. She made a recommitment to Christ in her final days. What caused me to decide to read the Bible all the way th- through in one year? The major reason was I needed help with for my marriage. Ellen and I had been separated for a number of years, and I wanted to find something to help bring us back together. Remember my assistant pastor, Mike Orlando, said he had read the Bible all the way through for several years and had found the experience to be life-changing. I sighed this was something I wanted to try for myself, much respecting him as a person. since that point, for each of the last eight years, I have been reading the Bible all the way through. How would I say reading the Bible all the way through has helped me in my daily life more than anything. I believe it has increased my faith in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In the past, I largely looked at Jesus as a subject for question and debate. Getting the, quote, big picture of the Bible message helped me to see my need for him. More specifically, I can remember being blown away at the messages from the Old Testament prophets. It started with reading Isaiah. I couldn't believe how many times he seemed to be talking about Jesus. Then, when I got to other prophets like Jeremiah, I would read very similar things. Reading the New Testament, I was particularly inspired by the book of Acts and First and 2 Peter. Here were people who had actually lived with Jesus, and you could see how they were living their lives and how their lives had been changed. What did this have to do with my marriage? Well, I found that their examples and teaching gave me a new perspective on love. Love was more than something you receive. It was also something you give, as Christ gives to us. I found Christ giving me love, not something I always had to manufacture. I was able to be less introspective on how Helen and I were incompatible in making each other happy, and able more to see broader reasons for my marriage, such as giving to each other. You can better understand specifically the impact of the Bible in my life as follows why my favorite Bible verses are Psalm 23. If I were to give an example of a part of the Bible that particularly has impacted me, it would be Psalm 23. Let's first take a look at it and then I will explain why it means so much to me. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Why have these verses been so special to me? Because they seem to match closely my experience with Jesus Christ. While Psalm 23 was written by David hundreds of years before Jesus, I find it parallels my experience in having a relationship with him. I believe this experience shared by David is a prelude to what Jesus was to manifest. In fact, if you carefully read Psalm 22, prior to Psalm 23, it appears to be prophetic of Jesus. Many of the descriptions sound like Jesus when he was crucified. For example, in Psalm 22, 1, it says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Then Psalm 22, 6 says, But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. Psalm 22, 9 to 10 says, But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust when I was on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. And Psalm 22, 16 to 18 says, For dogs have surrounded me. The assembly of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can't, I can't count all my bones. They took look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. Psalm 22, 23 to 24 says, You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. And finally, Psalm 22, 27 to 28. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's and he rules over the nations. In John 10, 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. This reminds me of Psalm 23:1, The Lord is my shepherd. I think a link between John 10:11 and Psalm 23, 1 is the theme in the New Testament that says that Jesus was crucified to die for me. Also similar to what is said in, in Psalm 23, quote, he leads me in their paths of righteousness. I find that believing in Jesus, I find my focus is on the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you can see these fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. The desires of this world fade away in comparison to the goodness of this fruit. While we do walk in the shadow of death, considering the things we are exposed to in the news and media, I find that it's great comfort that God is directing me into what is right and wholesome. I find that I am confident as I am true to the vision of Jesus in the 23rd Psalm. And as it is said in the last paragraph of Psalm 23, my eternal future with God is good. Finally, today I would like to talk about my, why my favorite book of the Bible is 1 Peter. For me, Peter is the man. If I wanted to better know what Jesus' message really was, I can think of no better source than Peter. Why? He lived with Jesus day in and day out and was constantly receiving feedback from Jesus, either positively or for Peter's improvement. He was considered the leader of the disciples. I find it truly wonderful that we have available in the New Testament letters from Peter in First and 2 Peter. Let's summarize what Peter had to say about the essence of the Christian message in 1 Peter. To make your understanding easier, I will give short summaries of Paul's thoughts in bold, followed by, excuse me, in Peter's thoughts in bold, followed by key scriptures. So first, from first Peter 1 Peter 1-3, Hope and Encouragement. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, from 1 Peter 1.7, the value of our faith. That the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise our own glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, Peter 1.10, our our faith and prophecy. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. And now, 1 Peter 1.13, be single-minded. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1.18, better than tradition knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. And 1 Peter two, 2 grow through the word. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And 1 Peter 3.1, advice for wives. Likewise, you wisely subject, missive to your husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, that without a word, be won by the conduct of their wives. And 1 Peter 3, 7 gives advice for husbands. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. And finally, 1 Peter 4, 1 to 2, our ultimate purpose. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourself also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Thank you to our listeners for joining me for Series 3, Session 17 of A Love for the Bible. If you should decide to purchase the book, A Heart for the Bible, you can do so on Amazon by searching for A Heart for the Bible, Dave Clark. Series 3, Session 18 will air beginning Tuesday, February 22nd at 8 a.m.